morning taken from the book of Exodus chapter 16. Listen again to verse 2. The whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. So far, our text. Protesting, grumbling, moaning, whining, carping, bellyaching, lamenting, and griping are all synonyms for what word? Do you know it? Complaining, all right? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about complaining. Or as I used to say to my kids while they were growing up, uh-huh, you've got a bad case of the wah-wah. Which is exactly what we find when we open our Bibles to Exodus chapter 16. There they are, plodding through the Sinai wilderness at a whopping speed of 10 miles per day. God's people, the Israelites, at least 500,000 of them, so say the experts, finally free of Egyptian slavery after 430 years of bondage, finally headed for the promised land. But what's that noise that they're making? Well, it must be joy, it must be laughter, it must be jubilation. Uh-uh. No, these folks are grumbling, our text tells us. Griping and complaining. We want meat, we want water, we want bread. God should have let us all die back in Egypt. Oh boy, don't look now, but those Israelites They've got the virus, don't they? They got a horrible case of the wah-wah. Well now, before we simply write off a half million Old Testament whiners and get on with our Sunday morning, it's probably time for a little introspection, isn't it? Because here's the deal, here's the truth. You're a great big wah-wah too. And so am I. You complain about everything, and I do it too. COVID, mass, drought, inflation, distance learning, taxes, politicians, Russian Olympic dopers, potholes, minimum wage, I-35 construction, The Bachelor, Aaron Rodgers, and who the new host of Jeopardy should be. In fact, you folks even complain about church, don't you? The sermon is too short, too long, too boring, doesn't make sense. The organ is too loud, too soft, too fast, too slow. The church coffee, too hot, too cold, too weak, too strong. And the donut holes aren't big enough. They should be holier. <laughs> or something like that. Come on, you know it. You've got your master's degree in complaining. And I'm working on my doctorate, you know. But this simply should not be. Not for you, not for me, not for God's faithful people. After all, the fruits of the Spirit are what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no complaining on that list. But we do it all the time. So let's try to do some damage to this bad habit today. And here's how we're going to do it. People who have contracted the wah-wahs, 
they believe in three things, three basic things that just are not true. And, and you can call them the three pillars of wah-wah uh, if you want to. So let's knock these pillars down. Are you ready? Pillar number one is this. Wah-wahs believe that God doesn't hear their complaints. Not true. Not once, not twice, not thrice, but four times our text tells us this morning, and the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. If that's not enough, in the book of Psalms, on four different occasions, David talks about God listening to his complaints. And that's okay. Because, look, God loves you, all right? He wants a relationship uh, with you. He's like your mom and dad, and that means he loves to hear from you. He wants you to be part of his life, and he wants to be part uh, of your life, and that means he's totally open to any kind of communication that you want to throw his way. Worship, prayer, joy, sorrow, you know, your, your, your accomplishments, your frustrations, even your complaints. God wants it all. So the next time that you're complaining, don't complain that God doesn't hear you. He absolutely does. Pillar number two is this. Wawaz believe that God doesn't know what he's doing. Not true. And you do realize, don't you, that whenever you complain, what you're really saying is, you know, God, I don't trust that you have a plan for my life. And even if you do, it's not a very good one. I should be in charge of my life's plan, not you. And that's exactly what we hear from those Israelites uh, in our text. I'll paraphrase now. Gee, God, this whole exodus thing through the desert is tougher than we thought it would be. Maybe not the best plan. Maybe you should turn this bus around, Lord, and take us back to Egypt. That's what you should do. Why is it? Why is it that whenever your life or my life runs over a little speed bump, we immediately conclude that God is incompetent. Why is it that whenever something bad happens to good people, God's people, like you and me, we forget about all the good things that God has showered us with in our past? Like when your first job interview didn't pan out, but the second interview turned into the job that you have loved for the past 20 years. Or when you fell in love with your spouse, and miracle of miracles, she fell in love with you. Or when your kids showed up in your life. Or when your grandkids showed up in your life. Or when the cancer scare turned out to be just too much stomach acid. Hey. I didn't hear you griping about God's plan then. Now listen, I mean, if God can design the universe, if God can draw up the schematics for your DNA, okay, your genetic blueprint, the secrets of which the most powerful computers on earth are just beginning to unravel, I'm pretty sure that God can produce an outstanding plan for your life on this earth and uh, in heaven without breaking much of a sweat. So the next time that that sinful world out there 
throws you a curveball, and you know it will, don't whine about it. God knows exactly what he's doing. Pillar number three is this. Wawas believe that God doesn't care about them. Not true. You know, I love, I love the little drama that goes on in our text. The Israelites have empty tummies, and so what do they do? They, they bellyache. We're hungry. We want bread. Let's go back to Egypt. God doesn't care about us. Listen to how God reacts to the complaining, all right? Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm going to rain on them bread from heaven. Man, I love that. Doesn't that tell you something great uh, about your God? In other words, God is saying, what? I will show you how much I care. I'm just not going to scatter a few graham crackers in the sand so you can make some s'mores. No, my heavens are going to rain bread down on you. I'm going to deluge you with sustenance. I will pour down on you so much food that you'll never possibly ever be able to eat it. And the sky is empty, and that daily bread, that manna bread, covers the ground. Bread that gives life, bread from heaven. See, when you boil it down, complaining is just really bad stewardship, isn't it? Complaining happens when you forget to count your blessings. And a wire tends to forget where all of their daily bread comes from. They forget to look up. Okay? And this is why the cure for complaining always begins with gratitude recognizing God's caring hand in your life and then singing your thankfulness uh, to him. Gratitude to God, thankfulness, it's like kryptonite to the wah-wah. Are you walking where I'm stepping this morning? The cure for complaining that we all wrestle with is just gratitude. So the next time you feel one of those gripe sessions uh, coming along, do this. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself, you look up to the heavens. And count your daily bread. Count the earthly blessings that God pours on you like clockwork. Okay? But that's just step one. Step two is this. You look up one more time and you remember the other bread that came down from heaven for you. And that would be Jesus Christ, wouldn't it? Your Lord, your Savior, the bread of life who died for you, rose for you, and now nourishes your heart and soul during this life with exactly what you need the most. Forgiveness, joy, peace with God, and certainty of a future place in heaven that waits for you. Be grateful. God has heard your complaint. He knows what he's doing. He's proven over and over again how much he cares for you. Come on, just look at the cross. You know that's true. And you know what that means? You know what that means for you and me? You don't ever have to be a wah-wah again. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.